When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Hey, you already know it's your boy Hypno Kalito, and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. Let's get it. My ex hit me trying to trick me, say let's be together. I'm really cool, like really cool, like bitch, go see whoever. You know that feeling trying to... All right, today we got Hypno Carlito jumping off the porch with us today. Yes, sir. What's going on with you, gang? How you feeling, bro? You good? Chilling, man. It's a pleasure to have you on the porch with us today. Man, it's a pleasure being here, for sure. For sure. So tell us, what you out here working on in Atlanta? Uh, Smirk working on the album right now, so we just in the studio brainstorming, getting it together. That's pretty much it. Getting, you know, come fuck with y'all. For real. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that one. Yeah, for sure. So how would you describe life back at home in Chicago? Uh, it's crazy, you know what I'm saying? Like Chicago, Chicago always been like a wild place, but like now it's just, it's like ever since the drill scene and drill music, the wave and the vibes in Chicago, everybody kind of got the same vibe. So you kind of just got to stay on your P's and Q's, got to stay on your toes. So that's, that's kind of why it's like, you know, a lot of artists kind of try to get up out of Chicago just so they can further their career for real because there's just a lot of street shit going on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what part of Chicago are you from? The West Side. For sure. Yeah. So how would you describe your childhood coming up? Uh, it was cool. Like Chicago ain't always been like super crazy, super reckless. Like it was a lot of structure before, you know what I'm saying? But now it ain't really no structure. But growing up, it was always cool. It was always good, always good vibes. I mean, I had a good childhood, you know what I'm saying? I was always on the west side, south side. So it was always straight. It really wasn't, it, it, at the most, just a lot of fighting, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But that's all it was. So when would you say you jumped off the porch? I gotta say like freshman, high school. That's when I really started rotating, just being out here by myself and getting into shit, moving around, learning about new shit, doing street shit, stupid shit good shit, all that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So what would you say is the biggest life lesson you learned growing up? Uh, really, you don't, just don't trust nobody. You know what I'm saying? So that's really what I live by. I don't really just, I don't trust nobody like that. I don't really trust you as far as I can see you. That's kind of just what it is with me. For sure. So what would you say is the biggest obstacle you had to overcome so far in your life? Mm, really losing my mama. I lost my mama at a young age, so I, you still don't ov overcome it. It's just one of them situations you just gotta deal with. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's one of them big obstacles that a motherfucker really gotta face every day, where you just really gotta think about it. Mother's Day, all that, you gotta just think about it like, nah, my mama ain't never coming back. You know what I'm saying? So I say that's the biggest obstacle. Fuck the street shit. It's like just, ha just that, not having my mama. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when would you say you started making music? Uh, I was young, like 12, 13. I really started trying to write it like 9, 10, but I wasn't really serious. 12, 13, I got serious where I'm like, man, I want to be a rapper. This is what I really want to do. I want to do music. If I don't rap, I want to be involved in music. 
uh, songwriting. Like I do a lot of songwriting. So I always just liked music. That's what it was, so about 12, 13. So what motivated you to start making music? Uh, really, I, I, I talked about this recently, but Lil Bow Wow, because I was a kid. So when you a kid and Lil Bow Wow was the only child that was famous, that was lit, that was rich, that was turned, it's like, damn, it gave you the inspiration. Like, damn, I could do it. I could be a kid. I could turn up. You know what I'm saying? Plus, Bow Wow was dope back then anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, Lil Bow Wow was the first person that really made me like, man, I want to be a rapper. I liked a lot of different rappers to listen to them, but Bow Wow the one that really gave you the formula, like, damn, you could be a rapper and a kid. Back then, there wasn't no kids that was turned. If a nigga, like, in that era, say that he ain't like Bow Wow, that shit fool. On my mama, everybody like Bow Wow, Romeo, all of them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when would you say you decided to take music, like, serious? Uh, probably like when I was 14, 15, something like that. That's when I had dropped a mixtape. I had dropped my first mixtape. And I was just moving it around Chicago. My whole school had it, my whole grammar school had it. Um, not even grammar school, high school. But I was just moving it around, passing it out, and people was fucking with it. Back then when you was rapping, people didn't really, wasn't nobody rapping. If you didn't know how to rap, you didn't rap. So by me just, approaching the situation saying, no, I rap, listen to my shit. People taking more serious, cause it's like, oh damn, I, I listen to it. Nowadays, everybody got a mixtape. So motherfuckers don't wanna listen to that shit now because it's like, damn, I, I get a mixtape everywhere I go. So how would you say you got your rap name? Uh, they always called me Hypno since a kid. I, I, I was Hypno since a, since a little kid. And then I'm, I'm mixed with Hispanic, so that's where the Carlito part come from, where everybody in the neighborhood just be playing. It's one of them, how somebody would say Ricky Ricardo. It was like, I was like, hey, Carlito. So I just made the hypno Carlito. Cause cool. I was already hypno. So it just stuck, it sounded good. So how long have you been knowing Dirt? Uh, shit, damn near almost 10 years now. Something like that, almost 10 years now. So let's take it way back, right? Yeah. Don't I? Lil Dirk featuring Hypno Carlito. Yeah, yeah. How did that record come about? Uh, at that time, Dirk had just signed me. I think he signed me probably two, three weeks before that. He took me to LA. And he just told me to come to the studio one day. I didn't even know we was gonna do Don't I. I didn't know we was gonna shoot the video. He told me to come to the studio. We came to the studio. And he just told me to get on the record. Young Chop had produced it. Chop was in there. And um, I did my verse and then I just seen cameras. And they was like, oh, we just gonna shoot an in-studio video, we just playing. And then that motherfucker dropped. I remember when it came out, I didn't even know it was out. People was calling my phone like, damn, you got a song with Dirk, you got a song with Dirk. I ain't even know, cause I ain't tell nobody. And uh, it was on Worldstar. That motherfucker went up from there. That's crazy. Oh God. So how would you describe your relationship with Dirk to this day? Oh, that's my brother. It's like my blood. I know, I know for sure, like, like just like I said earlier in the interview when it's like, you don't trust motherfuckers, but it's like, I trust folks. That's my brother. He ain't never showed me no snake sign. He ain't never showed me like, he ain't get no fuck about me. He don't care about me. It always been love, uh, musically and non-musical. So, nah, that's my brother for sure. That's real. Yeah. 
How was it playing basketball against Smirk, man? Everybody <laughs> know he called with it. Ah, man, Smirk. I, I need a rematch. I'm still waiting on a rematch right now. I need that. I need that. <laughs> but, yeah, Smirk, when it comes to basketball, he a good player, though. I ain't going to cap him. I told him he need to try out for the league or something, try to get him a little 10-day. <laughs> oh, God. Real shit. So what can you tell us about Dirk that people wouldn't know? Uh, it's, it's really hard to tell you something. Just the only reason why, he the voice. So he speak his life. He speak everything when it comes to kids, how much he loves his kids, how much he loves his girl, how much, uh, you know what I'm saying, the flexing and the everything. But if I had to say some shit that, mm, Yeah, folks really like a homebody. Like, folks don't want to. Now he been so locked in, he just been all about family. So he been just trying to, because cause he on the road so much now. So it's like he a homebody. He don't really be the way, I don't know what people think or, or they think like what he do on the regular, but it's like now at his level of success and all that, he just really want to get all that time to his people and to the motherfuckers he loves. So, yeah, folks a homebody. He play Call of Duty a lot. Every day, God damn it, um, you go to the studio, folks can make like 10 songs in one night. That's the only person I sit in the studio like, damn, this nigga just did 10. Sometimes I go to the studio, I leave out, I got like two, three songs, and I'm like, I fuck with these songs. But he'll leave out the studio with like 10 songs, and all of them, he fuck with all of them, they all raw. So yeah. That's something they don't really know. Like a lot of a lot of their favorite songs probably got recorded in the same night. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. real shit. That's cold. My mom. What can you say about your relationship with D Thing? That was my brother too. The thing about D Thing, D Thing was the first person who called my phone. Like you want to sign the OTF? See, I got to I got what OTF through Lil Vernie. Lil Vernie was basically telling Dirk about me. And then Dirk heard my music. I was doing music with Lil Vernie. And D-Thing, D-Thing really fucked with my music too. D-Thing always thought I was like a crazy ass songwriter. He seen, he seen me being like a bigger song. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Songwriter that I saw myself being and um, I remember he called my phone and he was like, man, you ready to sign with the family? And I'm like, damn, who is this? this I didn't even know D-Thing had my number at this time. And ever since then, he always was on my back. Like, we had conversations. He just pushed me to be better. You know what I'm saying? D-Thing was a hustler, though. He was a grinder, man. He was about getting to it. So he loved everybody. He showed love to everybody. Rest in peace, D-Thing, for sure. For sure. What can you tell us about D-Thing like, that most people wouldn't know about? Um, same thing. Him and, him and Dirk kind of the same. They got the same type of everything. Like, D-Thing was a family person. He loved his family. And it's hard to even say, say that, because that's all he did was post them every day. His family post the drip, post what he doing for them, post the lifestyle that they living, because they come from a, a, a crazy background. They come from a hard background. But, man, yeah. 
I, I can't even really think of none right now off the top of my head, but for sure, yeah. R.I.P.D. thing. For sure. Can you share a story about Vaughn? Yeah, I, I remember I remember Vaughn first got out. It's it great. I remember um, Vaughn first got out. We was in Miami. Dirk had a, uh, a birthday party on the boat. And Vaughn, matter of fact, it wasn't even a birthday party. I'm tweaking. It was, it was rolling loud, I think. I think it was like either his first rolling loud. It was one of them. We was in Miami for something. And uh, it was just me and Vaughn this whole day. Vaughn was telling me about like how Lil Vernie was telling him I'm a writer. And he was like, man, I don't know if I want to rap yet. I'm steady telling him, like, you need to rap, gang. You already famous. You got out of jail famous. Because that's how it was. Vaughn was famous in the streets already. People already knew Vaughn. Hey, damn, that's Vaughn. That's Vaughn. That's Vaughn. Without a song. So I remember he was telling me, like, no, nah, I want to rap. I'm, I'm going to do it. But I ain't really, I don't take that shit serious like that. And I'm telling him, you need to take that shit serious. We was in Miami. We went to the mall. We came back. We was at the hotel. We was just kicking it this whole day. I think Dirk had some shit to do. It was one of them times where it's just off time, where it's, we got to find us some shit to do right now. God damn it, I'm going to go to the mall, get some clothes for later or whatever. And that's what we did. And uh, Yeah, man, the, the next conversation I had with Vaughn, he was showing me some records. And then after that, he, he, he took off. It was over with. That's crazy, man. Beat Bodies or something. I think with Zoo came out, it was over with. That's cold. Yeah. So OTF is more so a family than a record label. Facts. Yeah. So how do you feel about being such a part of such a family? Uh, it feel good. You know, the game that elevated so much over the years. So I remember when it was just, everybody was just trying. Everybody was just trying to get on. It was, it, Smirk, Smirk was on for sure but he was at the beginning of being on. So he had so much to learn. He had so much to go through, so much to experience, to see how niggas is, to see the game ain't like the streets. He had to grow. So now when I, when I look back at it, it's like, shit, it feel good to see everybody where they at, everybody elevated, everybody winning. It feel good to see that. So, yeah, yeah, man, I'm, I'm honored. That's they, they, these are my brothers. So what do you feel like brings the best out of you and your music? Uh, my kids, uh, my past, the things that I go through. I always been a pain type artist. I always like really breaking shit down. That's why I do a lot of rap rap and then I can do melodic. I do all type of shit. And every time I meet people that really fuck with my music, they just tell me like, damn, I, I love to listen to you because I feel it. I, I went through it, man. I put this record on with my bitch, woo woo. I put this record on when this happening over. So it's like, it's good that people can relate to you. It feel good. So what's your current thoughts on the rap, man? Uh, I fuck with it. I fuck with all the young niggas doing their thing. I fuck with all the new people coming in. I fuck with the new styles. I fuck with all that. Um, some shit I feel like watered down. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nothing wrong with being creative. Ain't nothing wrong with um, really entertaining and really taking shit to the next level. It's like everybody want to be like somebody. That's how I feel, uh, feel that the game is right now. Everybody want to be like somebody. 
you don't really got the different ones. And when you do get the different ones, you know they different. They stand out. Kendrick Lamar, you know what I'm saying? J. Cole. When, when you're looking at these type of artists, these people that motherfuckers probably don't even listen to every day, they ain't turning that shit on for nothing. It's all baby, smirk, motherfucking, you know, the, the niggas that's hot. And it's like, them niggas still don't lose their place though. Them niggas still stand at the same level because they different, they creative. People scared to take that risk, you know what I'm saying? So that's the only thing I don't like about the rap game right now is that a lot of artists is playing it safe. They not really trying to do nothing different. They just want to see it, join the wave. Everybody want to ride the wave. This what's hot right now, this what we gonna do. This how I'ma dress, this how I'ma wear my chains. This, I'ma go get these many chains. I'ma go get this done, I'ma go get, you feel me? So yeah, don't nobody want to be original no more. So what would you say is the biggest risk you took for your career that paid off? Uh, I mean, just grinding. You know what I'm saying? Like early in the game, Everybody used to tell me, like, get a job, get a job, get a job. You still need money on the side. You still need. And it's like, that wasn't my thing, though. And I wasn't being hard-headed. I wasn't being naive. I wasn't, I wasn't you know, saying fuck what y'all talking about. But this the dream. I got to work towards this. However, I'm going to get money. I'm going to finesse. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. But this way it's at. This what's going um, This going to be the longevity. This what's going to make it last for me. I don't want that check to check ass shit. So I had to take that risk to be like, all right, fuck it, I'm finna step away from that. All music, all focus. However I gotta eat, that's how I'ma eat. If I gotta go finesse, I'ma do whatever I gotta do. And then it got to the point where the longer I've been in music, the more I've been seeing where I can make money in music. And shit, all, that, all those worries over with now. I ain't thinking about that shit. I ain't dealing with none of that shit. I make money strictly through music. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's writing, whether whether it's my projects and I'm just uh, monetizing my shit and getting my paper. However it is, it's a check, you feel me? So it's like I had to take that risk though to get that started. And I tell that to a lot of new artists that be fucked up. Niggas be fucked up, man, I'm broke. I ain't got this, I need to do this. My family tripping on this, I got bills. All right, get to it, do what you gotta do. But I feel like a job, that take too much away from what you really trying to do. If you got to get up and go to work every motherfucking day, you ain't going to have time to do this shit. You're going to be tired when you get off. You ain't going to work on no fucking music. You ain't going to want to sit in the studio all night just to go back to work. Hell no. So it's like you just got to take that risk. All right, I'm going to get money this way. It's a million entrepreneurs now. The same motherfucking 1950. Niggas got damn it. Getting money they own way now. You better sell some shit do some shit, you know what I'm saying? So it's too many ways for a motherfucker to not eat today. It's like, nah, that's the risk I took. Left that shit alone, did what I wanted to do. And now when I move around, I do what I want to do for real. Straight up. Oh God. So how would you describe the music scene back at home in Chicago right now? I feel like we got the best music scene. I feel like we got the best uh, everything. I, I feel that way because I'm from Chicago. The same way as somebody from Atlanta gonna feel like that. Same way Young and Ace feel like that about Florida. When he mentioned um, Florida got the best music. I don't see it. I fuck with niggas from there. I fuck with certain people music from there. I love Rod Way. Rod Way like my top five right now. But I still don't fucking see it. 
Um, Chicago created so many ways. So many people wanted to be like Chicago. I don't give a fuck what a nigga talking about. Fuck me. Fuck everybody else. When Chief Keith came out, it was over with. The whole game changed. Everybody changed how they moved, how they dressed, how they looked. Dreads became the thing. Yeah, Florida niggas been wearing dreads. Florida niggas been, but now it's the thing that the whole world want to do. It's a kid in Idaho with fucking dreads right now. And he mm -hmm. listened to Chief Keith and Lil Dirk and Fredo Santana and Lil Reese. You know what I'm saying? Um, everybody, like we got, we got so many dope ass artists, even our new artists, you know what I'm saying? What's that DCG twins and all them like, these niggas going, these niggas going crazy. It, it's, it's just too many Chicago artists. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. That then started ways for niggas. You know what I'm saying? You got to think about it. We got Kanye West. All that like, this shit deep in the rough. We got Smirk. Smirk, how the shit in this shit? So it's like, nigga, please. Like Chicago, I feel like our music scene the shit. Straight like that. Um, um, so what can you tell us about your new project, Almost Perfect? Man, that shit dope. It's refreshing. It's refreshing for me because I ain't dropped a project in like two years. So I just dropped songs here and there. But I'm finna definitely like start flooding motherfuckers because I got like three, four hundred unreleased songs that I ain't even dropped. So I got hella features that motherfuckers ain't even heard. Me and Smirk got, got them ten songs motherfuckers ain't even heard. So it's just... I'm finna definitely start dropping and getting on the ears. Almost perfect, hard as fuck though. That shit hard, like every song. I wanted to shoot a video to every song, but if motherfuckers ain't got that, they need to get that almost perfect out now. You know what? What would you say is your personal favorite song from the project? Um, I like Cold. Only reason why I like Cold is just because I feel it just on a on a whole nother level, like on the pain level. I fuck with that song. Sometimes I listen to it and I just be like, damn. Even if I'm feeling the way, if I'm blue, anything, I put it on, I'm like, damn. Cause that's just what it is, it's called cold. Just explain it, it's a cold world. That's all it is, why motherfuckers do a motherfucker so cold. That's all it is, but that motherfucker hard though. Straight up. Yeah. So talk to us about your label, Forever Legend Records. Oh, uh, Forever Legend, that, like it started off, it started off like a little click. I was just on some shit in Chicago on Forever Legend. And um, then I opened up a studio. I got Forever Legend Studios in Chicago. A lot of people fuck with that studio. I didn't have a lot of stars up in the studio. But that's when I was like, man, I'm gonna create a label because I got so many friends that want an opportunity, they want a shot. 
They trying to get to the next level. These niggas ain't got nobody to fall back on. If I lead the hood or lead the situation right now, they don't got nobody to call to get to the next level. I can't go to Smirk and be like, hey, fuck with my people. Fuck with the guys. It don't work like that. You know what I'm saying? So I started my own shit where it was like, I right, at least I could have this and I could be y'all backbone in a way where I could help y'all the best way I can. You feel me? And she, you know, we started off, I'm the one that had signed John Lamb, the producer. And now John Lamb over there with Dirt and he got a deal with Dirt and goddamn it, nigga turn. Nigga got so many big placements, man. This nigga going crazy. Y'all follow John Lamb right now. That nigga one of the hottest producers in this shit, man. It's lit. How important is it for you to give back to your community? Oh, it's real important. I always do it. I got, I, I give, I do giveaways and shit. I give out food. I'm talking about, I, what was this? This last summer though, last summer, motherfucker fed like 300, 400 families or some shit like that. I don't write this shit on no taxes or nothing. It's not being stupid. It's just, I say that to say, that ain't what I'm doing it for. I did it just because it's like, damn, people hungry out here. People, people fucked up. You know what I'm saying? It was people pulling over, getting food and all that, and they don't even look fucked up. But they like, no, nah, I ain't got no food at home. This a blessing. I was just thinking this morning how I'ma feed my kids, how I'ma whatever. So I always get back. Like I got some shit this winter that I'm doing, giving out uh, socks, gloves, and hats. It's like, it might seem simple, but people need that shit. I be outside, I'm from cold as hell. Like, damn, I wish I had some gloves. There it is. So it's like, hell no. I love getting back to the city. I love getting, I'm gonna give back. I ain't, I ain't even have to have money to give back. Motherfucker do that shit just because. That's just, I care about people. It's a difference for me. So how important is fatherhood to you? It's everything. My kids, everything. I love my kids, all three of them. It's like they love me. It ain't, it ain't one of them situations where um, they not in tune with their father and they don't know their father. Like, no, nah, my kids love me. I fuck with my kids hard. These are my best friends. So fatherhood is definitely important. I even be telling my homies them if they ain't on top of their shit, get on your shit, get with your kids. You know what I'm saying? So even Smirk, Smirk preach that shit all the time. Hey, motherfuckers better get right with these kids. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but us, by us traveling a lot and uh, being in a different type of lifestyle, it's different from a nigga just um, in the same city with his kids every motherfucking day, same household or around the corner from him or, and he ain't, he ain't seeing them. When, when it's like we traveling so much, we, anytime, any chance that we get, we try to slide back. We with the family. But sometimes I gotta go a month and I don't see my kids and I be sick. But I'm traveling, I'm doing shit, I'm working. Motherfucker come back, boom, I'm with my kids, we turn. I'm giving whatever they want. My daughter right now, they, they, they all feel like I'm the richest nigga in the world just because they get everything that they want. And it's not because I want to spoil them, it's just we ain't had that shit. Ain't nobody give us everything that we wanted. I don't want her to have no bad moments, for real, for real. So, fatherhood, everything. For sure. So what else you working on right now? Uh, I'm working on some new music. Like we, I wasn't even gonna say it. We doing a tape with DJ Drummer. So I'm finna, I'm finna get him craziest music I could get him. Plus I always wanted to do a tape with Drummer anyway. This nigga a legend. So it's like, I'm finna go ahead and drop that shit, it's finna go up. And I'm working on a film. 
So me and Nick Cannon, we working on the film. We're going to start filming next year. I ain't even going to go super deep in it. But we already locked in. We got the script, everything. It's over with. That's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any last words and shout outs? Oh, man, shout out OTF, Forever Legend. Dirty Glove, Off the Porch, Chicago, my kids. Everybody, y'all already know, man. For sure, man. Hip, no Carlito. We appreciate you having me today, gang. I appreciate you, man, having me. For sure. My ex hit me, trying to trick me, say, let's be together. I'm really cool, like, really cool, like, bitch, go see whoever. You know that feeling, trying to come up, but you keep on failing. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.